0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Internet DNA with me Abby And me Dan This week we're going to discuss if God created robots
1: Not if God created robots, but what if God created robots
0: sure. <laughs> What if God created robots, exactly Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Now,
0: where should we start with this? Do you think he would have created robots? Do you think he will? I think is the question.
1: Well, I think, uh, first of all, let's define (laughs) God. Yeah. So if you subscribe to the view that we are effectively a simulation running inside a massive quantum computer. So if you imagine that's the truth, which philosophically is something that you could hold as a view, then God becomes whatever the computer is that's running the simulation, and I think it, it becomes Or whoever
0: or whatever that created the computer, computer that runs yeah, the simulation. exactly.
1: Then I think that they won't create them because it's a simulation. What you're trying to do is work something out rather than play Lego. But in effect, by starting the simulation, you will eventually create robots, certainly in this version of the simulation, because we're already creating them.
0: Or you could look at it like this, If God created humans, which is another debatable point. I think there's
1: a a lot of high-powered
0: people that believe this. Anyway, if God created humans and humans are creating robots, would we therefore become the gods of the robots?
1: Yeah. Or we could turn that around and say, if man created God (laughs) as a way of explaining the universe, does that necessarily mean because man also invents robots that God kind of invents robots? I don't think God is inventing robots. It, however you <laughs> No, want, but if
0: he did, how would he create them?
1: He's ineffable, isn't he? So it would be difficult to know. But <laughs> you could argue that we are.
0: Playing God.
1: So if you were saying, are we playing God? I think that is our ultimate intention as a species, not as a person or an individual, but I think as a species to reign supreme throughout the universe probably our earliest DNA encoding. So I think that that's probably true. And I think we will develop robots and we are developing robots, not so much the sort of danger wheel Robinson, but drones and, and all sorts of different machinery. one could argue a a car is a robot in a certain, well, certainly now we're getting autonomous cars, that that is a form of robot, so transportation robot. I don't know why God would invent robots, unless he was particularly interested in them.
0: Okay, so let's bring in... So God breathed life into humans, and people talk about their soul. Well, let's soul. start with
1: God breathed life. Let's not go into humans. Let's just...
0: Okay, God breathed life, and people right. talk about their soul or their spirit, which often yeah. goes back to God when they're done. And maybe comes back again later as something else. Maybe as a robot. And we also are beginning to realize that we can build our physical bodies... And we can create electronic brains. Yes. But what about this soul? What about this spirit? Where does that come from? And do you think that the robots will get it? And how
1: they get it. So what I love about you is that you use words that if you were to say consciousness, then I think you'd say, well, how do robots get consciousness? Well, I guess that they develop a neural net that's advanced and fast enough for them to actually start to understand emotion and be reflective through machine learning. And that it's actually the idea of a soul is maybe a very human thing which is it's it's our way of not being quite so final with the fact that we live we die and so (laughs) we like to So you're saying that
0: our conscious is really just us reflecting us being able to reflect
1: yeah i absolutely yes So if you couldn't reflect... That's shallow. Well, but if you couldn't... Okay, so let's work it backwards, which is, if you couldn't reflect, then you live utterly in the moment, like a dog, perhaps. So you are hungry, you want to eat, you see a ball, you want to chase it, but you don't think, maybe I don't want to chase balls anymore, maybe I would like to go and figure out some dog-based problem for the rest of to help. dog
0: kind. Dog kind.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and but they don't think like that because they don't have a reflective mind. So
0: but they I are think, conscious.
1: Yeah, they're conscious, but do they have a soul? Well Is exactly
0: a dog... it's a soul. It's not just conscious.
1: Yeah, but I don't think they're conscious, but they're not conscious that they're conscious. If you see what I mean, <laughs> they're not aware that they're aware. That's a really important thing to understand about. Uh, so
0: that's where we come back to robots. It's about are they aware that they're aware?
1: Yeah, so if you're going to contend that... God breathed life into humans, which suggests that there's no evolution. He just makes them. (laughs)
0: let's just suggest that. Let's just go that way. (laughs) Then
1: he has built robots. We are robots. Wow. We are electrical machines with a consciousness, which is what where you're trying to take me. Biochemical
0: machines.
1: Yeah, we're just some form of but yeah, but largely electrical. You know, all our synapses, all our nerves, everything is fired via electrical impulse So that's generated by chemical reactions. We are electrical computers in one way or another and all life is not just humans but we are lucky enough to have reflective mind and a consciousness that allows us to I and mean, I mean, we're not alone on the planet with that I think all primates have that ability and I think we can also argue that is it dolphins they also have that kind of mind
0: someone said the other day something like slugs or snails or something really random were actually very very intelligent and I can't remember what it was it probably wasn't a slug but there was something that was as intelligent as a dolphin and you would never have known which begs the question.
1: How do you know? Let's imagine a slug had the mind of Stephen Hawking's. How would you ever find that out from a slug? I mean, a slug could possibly be computing the probability of black holes in the universe, but how does it output any of that? Or how does it even understand? <laughs> I don't think it's a slug. Well, somehow. I can't
0: remember what I was listening to, but there was definitely something that was really intelligent.
1: I mean, I think life is kind of a really interesting thing because it's a bit like, the big bang isn't it which is you, you can understand everything from the moment of life but it's difficult to understand the transition from no life to life the same with we can understand the big bang and everything that happened after it but it's quite awkward to sort of understand what might have turned nothing into something
0: yes what was there before when it was nothing
1: well nothing but how, i know it's
0: okay so what is nothing
1: yeah how does nothing become something is quite a i'm sure if you're a scientist i'm sure a, the
0: slugs would know
1: yeah, the slugs would definitely know. But otherwise... <laughs> maybe
0: they were there, happily.
1: I hope not. It was very hot for a slug, I think, at the beginning.
0: But, well, that's you know, why they shed all their know. clothes.
1: Yeah. Maybe slugs do know. But other than slugs, if you subscribe to the view that God is God of the gaps, I've actually been reading a lot of Norse mythology, and you realise how gods are used to explain things that are literally not knowable at that time. Why is the sun why do we have the moon and they use stories to explain it i think that's where science changes that dialogue that it stops being about a nice story that covers up the fact we don't know anything into actually an idea of we should really find out about whether what we know is true so but let's get back to robots we are robots
0: yeah that's so- quite interesting so let's take that on a different trajectory i believe if we're talking about belief or God, that in some cases of religion, if you go quite far back, your life was supposedly mapped out for you because God had planned it and he gave you bad things and good things to teach you and take you to where you needed to do. So it's whether you believe in fate or not. Now, data is the new currency or it's the new yeah. raw material. Yeah. And using that data as machines get smarter to help us make decisions because the data and the machines that translate it will start to know us better than we know ourselves. Therefore, it makes sense that we could ask. Whatever device we have, wherever it is, whether it's inside our body or outside our body, what we should do when we come to a certain decision.
1: Or not even ask it, just be beholden to it.
0: Well, that's even more scary. That's very much like having your life mapped out for you.
1: So if you're going to accept the point that we are already robots, which I'm not sure you fully accepted, but if you were going to accept that and that you're driven by prime directives, which are basically rules set by your organic self usually based around survival and procreation and that sort of thing that you would find and one of the things i think people are finding in data is that you find that people are are not so different that you're really very 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 obvious like you might think you're a real hipster but it's really it's really really obvious what you're going to do yeah that you're not really a hipster that what you are is conforming to the programming that you've been set down with right oh. from the beginning. This is when people talk about marketing, which is about if you can isolate the type of person that they are, then you can send them all million of them the same message because effectively they all react in the same way to the same messaging. And we've talked about this in politics, and we've talked about this in marketing, and we've
0: talked about the this art in of persuasion. In, yeah. So exactly. what well, if I say, is technology going to start influencing our decision making? You're going to say It already does. And actually, our own programmed self influenced our decision making before that anyway. So it's nothing new. I'm saying it probably seems quite new to some people because I would suggest that most people think they make decisions of their own free will. And I might also suggest that most people find decisions really hard. So on the one side, it's good that you get information to help you make that decision. And on the other side, it's bad because you're not making your own decision.
1: Okay. So if you go from the standpoint, you're not making your own decision. Yeah. You're not. So.
0: Oh, no, I'm going from the standpoint that I am making my own decisions.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, wrong, but so I believe you make small decisions, like what brand of coffee do you want or what kind of car do you like, or you, you make those kind of micro decisions. Absolutely. You have that free will. And I think it's important because that's what creates the variation. You know, if you, if you look at evolution, it's important that people mutate because that's actually how it works. It's these tiny little mutations, these tiny little decisions that we make that are slightly different. That actually, you know, when you aggregate them over time, they lead in a direction. But are you making macro decisions? I don't think you are. I don't think anyone makes macro decisions, really.
0: What do you mean by macro decisions?
1: Decisions that affect the fate of the world or the fate of humankind or society. I think very, very few people, and I would argue probably no people. I think there are people that are recognized as having done it, but they stand on the shoulders of giants as in actually that was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of little people's thinking and decision-making that led to that person going, "Oh, actually, what about that? That ties all that stuff together. If you were to look at, let's say, E&M Banks' culture, where no one makes, the computers make all the decisions about society entirely, and you just get to live whatever pointless life you want to.
0: But let's say I have, in the future, in 10 years' time, I have an internal Alexa, she's planted in yeah. my brain somewhere.
1: You do, which and, is called your brain.
0: And I'm trying to decide whether to marry this person or that person. Yeah. And she would say, well, based on who you are and what your future might look like and the sort of things you like and the sort of things that make you happy, be 80 percent that you should marry this person and 20 percent you should marry that person. So you're given a sort of based on you. This is the options. And so now here's the safe option.
1: Here's the interesting option.
0: And so surely that's possible. Or which jobs should I take? And then based on who you are, and this will make you happy, this will make you more money, do you think that won't end up happening But do you find
1: that any different from, so you're thinking of it in a very, it's implanted in my brain, which is one way.
0: I mean, it could even be in my phone. I could just ask my phone.
1: Or your phone. Or it's just all directed centrally. As in, the greater good computer basically says, Abby, for the greater good, this is what I've decided for you.
0: Oh, what, well, So it's not even for me, it's just for the greater good.
1: Well, I've so I should marry that for person for
0: the greater good.
1: Yeah, in, in the greater scheme of all things, the best decision you could make is the following.
0: But that might not make me happy.
1: Maybe your happiness is not necessarily the end
0: goal. Gosh, so at this point, the, the computers are becoming God.
1: Okay, so now we're talking, do gods make robots? Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Out of you and me.
0: And we're suggesting that perhaps robots made God.
1: Yeah, well, they're kind of a symbiosis, aren't they? Because if you're saying the only way to optimize everybody's life is to centrally direct it through data and make the best decisions for it. E-
0: so what you're saying is my happy little, I'm not going to have to make my daily decisions because I'm going to get really informed choices, then goes a step further to those decisions are made for the greater good of the population. Yeah. Which may not make me happy.
1: No. Rich, we'll anything. No, but do we'll you have.
0: think that would start to make everybody sad? Or do you think it would start to make everybody a bit know,
1: more you? content? You wouldn't know. Because your little Alexa in your brain told you that that was the right way to marry. Why would you think? quite spooky. Okay, but your little Alexa that told you to marry the guy, we were talking about five minutes ago, you were quite happy yeah. to go marry the dude. Yeah,
0: yeah, I was.
1: Yeah. So you don't need to know that it's centrally directed. Do you? All you need to know is that your little Alexa, right your best decision. friend, yeah, told you it was. The so right
0: what decision. you're saying is it's slightly more ominous than that.
1: Well, it doesn't have to be ominous. I mean, it can be ominous, and I think history suggests that it would probably could be ominous. But it could also be very non onymous It could be very the sort of wonderful life that we all want to live, or some of us want to live. So or... this is coming
0: back to the utopia that actually becomes rather dull.
1: Well, But this is the thing that I find really interesting about people that read sci-fi is that you you can either have this horrible dystopia in which no good happens, or you can have this really dull utopia in which nothing exciting happens. Really where we find ourselves is we run down the middle of that, where there are dystopias and utopias within a generally functional society. I don't think you actually flip from one to the other. I think that Some people in the society see it as a utopia, some people in the society see it as a dystopia because that's probably the life they live within that society. But I think this idea that it'll have to be either a black, well, you know me, I don't like polemics, so I don't believe that it goes fully one way or the other for any length of time. You might get periods where it's terribly bleak and unpleasant for almost everyone, and you may get periods where it's rather nice for almost everyone but horrible for some people. But generally, if we look at the last, I don't know, the, the history of humankind, generally the consensus is that we need to make sure that the middle people in that bell curve are at least content with their life. I think happiness is a, kind of a weird construct of leisure, anyway.
0: That's a whole nother series. But just to go back to sci fi, talking of sci fi, Neil Stevens got a new book out. Go get it. It's very Which one exciting. Is it? fall or dodge in hell i'm so reading at the moment
1: uh, the commonwealth saga by peter f hamilton
0: so i'm going to go back to god and his robots because yeah. yes, like, he's got his humans or she her it there
1: shall i bring it back to frankenstein
0: No, I'm actually not going back as far as God or even as far as Frankenstein. Let's say I decided a decision making app was actually going to be the new Facebook. With all this data, surely it would be very easy to make. How would I go about making a decision making app for someone? Oh,
1: okay. So now you're just doing what's basically you're doing modeling. So you're making predictions based on models. So this is basically how the stock market works, effectively. In the old days, they used to employ people who knew people who, could have a drink and a bloody good time. Uh, Now they employ mathematicians and theoretical Mm. physicists to write models, data modeling, to make predictions about how to make incredibly small amounts of money in incredibly small amounts of time that over a normal time period, like a day or a week or a month is a lot of money. So predictive modeling is, if you've ever looked at, been to websites where they go, oh, Netflix is a perfect example. It is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not a perfect example. So we,
0: so I'm going to invent Netflix for decision-making, although I'd hope it would be better because I find you d- Netflix You'd have the right
1: hope it would be better, wouldn't you?
0: <laughs> but Netflix is heralded as the best example of AI, of machine learning. Still, they need to work on their UI.
1: I think Netflix is held up because I think they, they run a thing called the chaos engine which is a very interesting piece of engineering, which is basically a set of programs that try and take the Netflix network down all the time yeah. so that their system is robust against any kind of attack, which is a very interesting approach.
0: But that shouldn't affect yeah. what they're offering me.
1: No, but I think the problem is, is that unless you want to get into a really Facebook level of understanding who you are, and I think Facebook would probably be the people that you would say they really know who you are because and what's interesting really... as
0: well the data that would be imbibed to be able to give me decisions wouldn't even really be about me they would be about people like me on a mass scale people who look like me
1: not look physically yeah but people from who from a data the data point
0: of view look like me look, look and so like they you. would be taking enormous amounts of anonymous data almost to be able to tell me who i am which feels odd doesn't it
1: yeah but i mean it's already happening So, one of the things that really annoys me about, let's say, watching stuff on the internet is seeing ads for stuff that wouldn't possibly be anything I would ever be interested in. Because surely the whole point that you have all my data is I don't have to see Tampax ads. Well, I'm not (laughs) saying you see
0: Tampax
1: (laughs) ads. I do. Well, I'm not saying I did necessarily, but do you know (laughs) what I mean? Ads that are as incongruous to me as that, you know, why am I getting ads about that sort of thing? When surely you know who I am. And this is the point where you get into really interesting stuff about data, which is you can have all the data, but how do you process that level of data in a real time? I think that's
0: where the next explosion in technology is going to be. It's going to be the systems that can really process it and give you reports that anyone that's not a tech genius And this is the promise
1: of quantum computing, which is this stuff that's really mathematically very, very difficult to do, with quantum computers become a lot easier. Now, I'm not going to pretend to you for a second. I understand why.
0: What's a quantum computer? It just has an awful lot more of everything.
1: Oh, God. So it's to do with, if you understand the idea of quantum, which is... It's uh, running
0: parallel lives. Well,
1: everything at a subatomic level is there and not there and... I mean, I'm not a quantum physicist, so I'm not going to give you the full story. But everything is—it's both a wave and a point. So it's basically it lives somewhere on a probability curve where it would probably be, and, and that's therefore going to help
0: distill data well, and spit it out. Well, because, because out computers in are very
1: yes, no. At the very basis mm. of it, there are yeah. ones or zeros. What quantum's allowed to do is create probability fields throughout that point. They do it through entangling electrons. I don't understand any of it, really. But one of the things that obviously will be a fallout of that is encryption, modern encryption, would become irrelevant because quantum computers could break modern encryption in a much, much shorter time frame.
0: Faster amount of time.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, hopefully there'll be a few cat GIFs thrown in there while it's at it.
1: Yeah. uh, (laughs) There are things that quantum computers... maybe it
0: can filter out out the cat GIFs.
1: Yeah, exactly. That would be the thing for me. Please give me a a cat-free internet. So, this is quite a long way away from
0: understanding the raw material of data and being able to analyze that will help with decision making and possibly a bit further on than that will give our computers more consciousness and then perhaps a soul. And then they can go back to their maker or take over the world
1: or just sit and do the things you've asked them (laughs) to do.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's a really nice thing. (laughs) <laughs> good well we're going to have to end there but let's just hope the computers keep we want them to do what we want them to do but actually we want them to think themselves so we don't have to tell them what to do so yeah but not too a... much
1: we don't want them to think but so not much, too but... much
0: well what's yeah. not too much well we what's don't too want them little... to get
1: to the point where they think well i don't know what we're doing with all these humans running around consuming all our resources
0: and at what point do you stop them At what point well, do you get well hopefully uh-uh. before that
1: point <laughs> you know, before the point they go, actually, we've decided uh, looking at the data that it's we best don't if you need these die. guys, yeah, because you consume resources, which we don't think is, but right, knowing
0: okay. that point at the right point to know it and stop them is
1: well, like, maybe what you do is you create it an AI in a system that doesn't have access to the world. Maybe when you first start, we create That's AI, what we have at the, jam moment. the
0: narrow AIs. Is yeah. very much where we're at the moment. But I
1: don't think that AI AIs in what we're talking about, as in an AI with a consciousness that has an emotional response and is able to actually consider it's not, saying,
0: but It will
1: get there. Oh, I'm not denying we'll get there, but maybe when we shouldn't get there, at the point it's controlling the world's nuclear arsenal, for example, that'd be a bad time for something to get a consciousness and to decide, hmm, don't like humans, oh, look, I'm in charge of all the nuclear weapons. Uh, Maybe the time for them to get that consciousness is when they're in some sort of nice learning environment where they can learn about things before we give them access to the buttons.
0: The about computer. how lovely humans are, really. Yeah,
1: or that there are values to humans that may not be totally obvious to a computer at first.
0: Okay, well, we're going to have to say goodbye, and hopefully we haven't been made extinct by the computers before I speak to you. Oh, in two weeks' time, it's your holiday, so yes. have a great holiday and look forward to speaking to you. Then. Bye. Bye.